are listening to a life impacting camp preached by Bishop Richard Ai. Bishop Richard Ai is the pastor of the First Love Church London, a denomination founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills. The First Love Church is full of zealous young people who love and desire to work for the Lord. You will be encouraged and uplifted as you listen to this powerful camp. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We are so grateful. We are so grateful for the blessed opportunity. Please speak to us one more time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay. Go deeper and win more souls. Yes. Go deeper and win more souls. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 3. Amazing. Luke 5 and verse 3. Have you got it? It says that he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when when he had left speaking, He said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Next verse. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Next one. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. You know, what is happening here is um, somebody who is supposed to go a little deeper, but was, uh, was about to stop and resign and say, I've done, that's why I said that, we've done, we've done everything all night. Sometimes you, you've tried some, on some things, you've tried and you feel you've, you feel you've exhausted all options. How many of you have felt you've exhausted all options before? But you need someone to tell you that just go a little deeper. Just go deeper. If you go deeper, a little extra, you will see. You will see what you've been desiring to see that you haven't seen yet. So that's what is happening here. And Jesus, Jesus is just telling him, "Look, just try, just try, just do a little more. Just do the extra. Just go deeper and do more, and the results will be different." And he tried, and he had a great multitude, a great multitude. So our topic here is about soul winning. It's about soul winning. So it says here that although Jesus was a carpenter, he knew that the disciples would have to go deeper if they wanted to catch more fish. So the carpenter is is advising the professional fishermen. By Jesus sending his disciples out into the deep, he forever established the principle of going deeper to do more. Go deeper so that you can get you can be a better fisher of men and win 
real souls. Fishing in your bathtub, do you know your bathtub? Fishing in your bathtub is not going to yield much. Fishing in the stream by your house is not going to yield much. Fishing in deeper waters, in in deeper rivers and lakes is likely to get you something better. Fishing in the sea will get you even more. So it's like the further out you go and the deeper you go, the more fish that you will get. Maybe, maybe just witnessing in this locality, you can check, you can, you can even check, you can even check uh, the population of the area. You see that soon it will finish. Because you, you, you even get, you, you, if you really get your maximum, it will be around 25% of the population. And then that's it, it's finished. It's, and that's what, that's what people do and they leave themselves with smaller churches as though, as though souls are finished. As though souls are finished in the world. You are the last born. It's like the last born of souls have been born. And that is it. The last born of souls have been born. You understand the last born? Sometimes you see ladies crying over a guy who has left them as though he's the last born of men. As though since, as since he was born, nobody has been born again. Yes. So when you fish, you see, and so fish, fishing, fishing in a particular locality or area, it's like fishing in a bathtub. It's like a small, something very small, something very small, and then that's it. It's finished. If you don't go deeper, you will not get that extra of more souls. It gets, it gets to a point that even the church, the church feels like we are happy. And we are complacent and we have enough. You'll be you'll be announcing you'll be announcing your outreach program. We're going out to but you see nobody is really motivated because after all I have I have this one says I have my five that I bring, I have my ten that I bring, I have my twenty that I bring. It says we are okay. What 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 has to be done is that room has to be created and say for it, like the example I'm giving, a new service. So here it is. A new service means an empty hall. Let's start. Yes, let's start. Let's start soul winning. Let's start winning souls again. Let's try again. Let's do something again. Because we are happy. We can, we can be, church, we can be very happy with ourselves, you know. A church is what means that people can be very, very happy and content with ourselves that what we have is enough it's enough and that is it we are not going to try for anything more we've got enough and that is it so it is time for your evangelistic ministry to be magnified evangelism is the fulfillment of all ministry are you listening to me apostle Paul encouraged Timothy to do the work of an evangelist because it would help him to convincingly accomplish the ministry. In the King James Bible, Paul teaches in um, he says that do the work of an evangelist so that you make full proof of your ministry. 
the word foolproof speaks entirely, convincingly, and completely carrying your mission to its conclusion. So as a make foolproof of your ministry, it's saying to you that entirely, convincingly, and completely finish your work and fulfill your ministry. That's evangelism. Because what have we been saved for? We've been saved that so that others will be saved. We've been saved so that we can reach out to others and get others saved. So your ministry is fulfilled by having more evangelistic outreaches. The more outreaches you have, the more you are fulfilling your ministry in totality. Evangelism is different from is different from marriage counseling. It's different from offering financial counseling. It's different from it's different from any other thing that you do in the church. Because all the other things that you do in the church is managing the few sheep that we have. And you know, and you know what Jesus said. You know what Jesus said about managing managing the few sheep that we have in the church. He gave us parables and, and illustrations. How somebody left ninety nine sheep and went to look for the one that is lost. In the in the in, in spiritually in the eyes of God, the value of one lost sheep is 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 the value of the ninety nine that are not lost. But we sometimes prefer the 99 to the 1. We celebrate the 99. We attend to the 99. We minister to the 99. We major on the 99 to solve all their problems, to fix all their issues, and we say to the one that is out there that you can go to hell. But according to the principles and the teachings of Jesus, the one out there is as good as the 99 that are in. Yes. 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 So, so you must all have the heart and the mind that we, I, I must be out there because there are people out there. I must reach out to people out there more than the people who are in that I have to be managing and sorting out and counseling them. Because after after a while, before I realize, before I realize, you 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 have been changed. You've been changed to um, um, a consultant, a consultant of uh, uh, well-being. How can how can you talk to people for for their well-being for them to do well? Because they are in church, they are safe, they are not backsliding. They read their Bible every day. What else is there to do for them? You start fixing their problems. How to study to pass exams. How to have a successful marriage. How to have a good beloved. How to, how to stay healthy. How to do this. That's why you, you discovered before like we, started, we started doing um, health clinics. We started going for a walk. This is health week. We are going for a walk. How many steps you have, to, have you taken? How many steps have you taken? How many steps are you going to take? All these things are not sin, but it tells you the subtle way of how other things become important to us. And Jesus is saying that 99 are sitting there. The person leaves the 99 and goes to look for the one. 
Yes. Yes. Hmm. The price of the one is equal to the price of 99. Yes. He, gave, he gave another illustration about the coin. So who has coins and loses one? Puts the, this one aside and looks for the one coin. So it, it's, it's something, it's, it's an evangelistic message that must minister to us. That those who are out there are also important. Those who are out there, those who are yet to be found, must be found. We have to go out of our comfort zones, out of our, out of our usual territories and zones and look for the lost ones. Are you here? So, watch thou all things and your afflictions do the work of an evangelist make full proof of that ministry. Doing the work of the evangelist is helping you to make full proof of your ministry. It help, it's helping you to complete your ministry. To complete the ministry. To get the ministry completed. It's doing the work of an evangelist. He's doing the work of an evangelist. It's helping you complete your ministry. Without evangelism, your ministry is incomplete. And your work is incomplete. Without evangelism. Without reaching out. Without doing more in reaching out. Your work is incomplete. Perhaps you have wondered what God wants you to, wants you to do to meet. To, what wants you to do next. How can you go deeper and do more? I'm here to tell you to do what Paul said. Make full proof of your ministry by doing the work of an evangelist. Fulfill the ministry in every part by doing evangelism. Carry, carry through your ministry to the end and convincingly accomplish what God sent you into the world to do by doing the work of an evangelist. Do not let every do not let anyone deceive you to veer off into vain jangling and secular ideas. But the temptation is great and strong for you to veer off into secular ideas, secular things, things that things that banks and uh, the corporate world are into. Before you realize you are also into it. You are coming up. You are coming up with secularized concepts into the church just to manage the ninety-nine, just to manage the ninety-nine, just to manage the ninety-nine, just to keep the ninety-nine busy. Instead of doing evangelism, you start managing the ninety-nine that are left and that are around. Seriously managing them. Seriously managing them and attending to them. And when, when you run out of ideas, then you start doing what you have seen that bank do, that insurance company did, that school did, that university did. Oh, that's what we do in the university. Oh, we have, we, have, uh, we have this week. This week for these people, we belong to this society. This is, so you said the church now turns into such things and not evangelism. Everything that you do in your church, every activity, every event, every celebration, 
must be linked to evangelism. Yes. 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 You should never allow anything to happen in your church that does, that does not afford you or give you, that does not accord you the opportunity to do an altar call. Yes. Anything, any, any bright, brilliant idea that you come up with. Oh, we are having this. Oh, we are going to do this. Make sure, make sure that there is room and, and, and it's necessary that there will be five minutes of preaching and an altar call. Yes. That a soul will be saved. So everything, everything you do must be centered around evangelism. Even though it doesn't have, you don't give it that name publicly, but you know within yourself that it is an evangelistic program. It is an evangelistic program. Yes. It's an evangelistic program. I was in Korea when they told me that the, the second service that we started, they, are having, they said they were having a concert on a Sunday morning concert. Ready at 20. Concert. Yeah, Ready at 20 is the name of the service. So, Ready at 20 concert. So, I said, no problem. No problem. The only thing is, make sure your souls are saved. Make sure your souls are saved. Because the, the church is not a nightclub. Yes. Make sure Make sure souls are saved. What, whatever you do, it must be centered around the Even weddings, even weddings, we make altar calls. Oh, yes. Even oh, yes. weddings, we make an altar call. Yes, yes. Even weddings. Every wedding there'll be an altar call. Even funerals. Even funerals. You see there, we make an altar call. Yes, even funerals. Yes, even funerals. We make an altar call. As you are sitting here, you have to know. Even funerals are even it's easier to make an altar call. That this this is the end of all men. Today you are sitting here, tomorrow you'll be the one lying here. Yes. Sit down for a while. Yes. It's not yet time to stand up. Yes. Yes. Altar call. So as as you are standing there, as you are sitting here today, we are about to uh, Lay, lay to rest our dear brother. I want you to know this is the end of all men. It is appointed unto man wants to die. And after that, judgment. So ask yourself in the day of judgment, where will you go, heaven or hell? Today God has shown you mercy to be present at this funeral. If you will give your life to Christ today, you will be saved. Every eye closed and every head bowed. If you are here this afternoon, with heavy hearts, as we see of this our dear friend, and you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I know I'll go the way of all men, but I want to be saved. Pastor, please pray with me. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Hey. You see the harvest of souls I've got already. Yes. Yes. Every event in your church, in your branch, make sure it is an evangelistic event. Everything. Anything at all. That Anything. Anything at all.
So as I said, they had, they had over 110 first timers. Yes. Over 110. Besides souls that were saved. How many souls were saved? Do you know? What? 34. 34 souls were saved. Yes. On a Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon service. Yes. From a concert. Yes. Sunday afternoon service. Yes. For a concert. Yes. They're just singing, dancing, singing, and dancing. There's more preaching. But the, but the aim is that look, we are not here for the musical. We are here for your soul. We are here for your souls. Yes. We are not here for the dancing. We are here for the souls. Yes. Yes. Anything you do, I'm telling you, anything you do, anything you do, make sure, make sure it's so, there's so in it. Anything you do. Anything at all that you do, make sure it is linked to evangelism. Do nothing that is free of evangelism. Yes. It's, it's, it's very dangerous to start doing things that are not linked to evangelism. That you are becoming some secularized group and some, you know, some people who are, you know, you are, you are just doing other things. Yes. Make sure everything that you do Every, you have a reason why you must make an altar call. If you don't have a reason to make an altar call, then you are, you are I, don't, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing as a church. That the thing is, a church, the church has organized a program and there's no reason to make an altar call. Then what are you? What are you and what are you up to and what do you want to do? If you don't have a reason, you can't give yourself a reason to make an altar. And the reason to make an altar call means the type of people you have invited to that event. So you invite a certain type of people who need Jesus to the event. Otherwise, what are you doing? Yes. 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 Hmm. Okay. So, be more spiritual rather than more secular. Watch out. Watch out when elders of the church are bringing secularized ideas. It means the church is becoming more secular. Secular ideas. Secular ideas. For the secular ideas are being brought into the church. Secular ideas and concepts. Yes. Moving away from spirituality. Moving away from spirituality. And it's, it's gradual, it's subtle. Because you can just say, oh yes, these group of people are disadvantaged. They need help. They need this. They need that. You know. Look, are you wiser than Jesus? Are you wiser than Jesus? When he was saying that the poor, you always have them with you. Are you wiser than Jesus? When he's, he's setting out and laying out priorities, priorities, you are trying to act wiser than Jesus and to say, well, it's like, you know, these are disadvantages. They're always there. They're always there. They'll always be there. And they are souls. So you add them to other souls that must be one. So, so be more spiritual 
rather than secular. Go deeper by becoming more spiritual rather than becoming more secular. Why should your ministry be likened to the CEO of a bank rather than to a shepherd in a field? Yes. Yes. Why should your ministry, and why should you, the, the head of the ministry, be seen as like a CEO of a bank? Rather than Jesus who said, I am a good shepherd. Say, I am a good shepherd. Instead of becoming like a good shepherd, you are becoming like the head of a bank. It's like you, it's like you are ashamed of who, who your Lord was. You, you don't want to be like him. You want to be like him. You do not go deeper in the ministry by using big words or quoting from biographies of secular men. Your quotations from these books do not mean that you have gone deeper. Listen to the simple words of Apostle Paul. Go deeper in the ministry and convincingly and completely accomplish all that God has said before you by doing the work of an evangelist. I am speaking to those who are pastors, prophets, apostles, and teachers. I promise you that your apostolic ministry will go to higher heights when you embark on the work of evangelism. I am an apostle and I have built many churches. There is evidence of that. I can tell you that every ministry gift is mystically and convincingly accomplished as you do the work of an evangelist. When apostles evangelize, the apostolic ministry is energized and empowered. When prophets evangelize, they move a notch higher. The famous prophet Abraham was involved in a lot of evangelism as a prophet. When pastors evangelize, their churches grow mystically. Let's look at one Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse 22. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the, to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For, the, for he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. They that go deep and do business in great waters, they see the wonders of the Lord. They see the wonders of the Lord. You will see the wonders of the Lord if you become an evangelistic oriented church. You will see the wonders of the Lord. You will see, you will see great fishes that can be saved. It is time to go deeper into great waters. God is expecting you, God is expecting to see you going further into great waters. You will do greater works and catch much bigger fish. Going deeper with evangelistic fishing gives rise to catches of much bigger souls and fish. 
You even see the type of people that you start having in the church. As you go deep into great waters. See the type of people. When you start having breakfast meeting for professionals. Yes, just for professionals. A breakfast meeting for them. You find a nice hotel. Nice hotel and you invite professionals. Invite all engineers, all doctors, teachers, accountants, nurses. So we have breakfast meeting. Just for an hour and a half. You give them bread, butter, jam, orange juice. And a cup of tea. Yes. And then and then the and then the last twenty minutes, you find one professional to share his testimony. He stands up and he says, This is who I am. Thirty days I work here as this and this and this. And share his testimony of how he got saved and how he's been blessed. Just five minutes. You are left with fifteen minutes. Then you stand up. He said, just as our brother has shared, this is what the Bible says. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Should not perish. My message to you today is that God does not want you to perish. So I've come to show you the way to avoid perishing. Your education will not save you. Your career cannot save you. Your money cannot save you. The only thing that saves is Jesus. Jesus saves. So today as you are here at this breakfast meeting, in these few moments that we have left, you are here, you want to say, I want to give my life to Jesus. While every eye is closed and every head is bowed, you want to say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I know you can feel the love of God. You can feel the power of God's love. God is reaching out to you today. If you want to give your life to Jesus, quietly lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anybody here you'd like to give up your life? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I can see your hands. You also want to give your life to Jesus. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. And you see them. If you have your hand lifted up, I want you to say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. I am a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus died for my sins. And he rose up on the third day. I believe Jesus is alive. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Father for accepting me and making me a child of yours. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father, for saving me, for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. By this time, yes. By this time, you have your other people standing by the tables where they are giving their lives to Christ. Then you just give them, we're in an electronic world, so you give them an iPad, a tablet, and they just tell them they should fill out some forms. Yes. Let them fill it out. Their names and their details. And then you have a nice book that is wrapped up. Wrapped up with, with golden ribbon. 
they said, this is a gift to you. Yes. Yeah, you give them the gift as they fill the forms. Yes. Then after, after the breakfast is over, you share the, after this, you share the grace. You share the grace. Then you strategically put your key people on the different tables. Interact with them. Interact with them and tell them that tomorrow Sunday there's church service. They should come to church. They should continue there. That's it. You are reaching out to different types of people. Instead of instead of managing the 99. Managing the 99. Managing the 99 with their financial problems and their marital problems and their academic problems and their family issues. They manage it. Issues, issues that pe- people, people who don't want to resolve their issues. But they just want to take the time of the pastor. Yes. The people come and see the pastor. They don't, want to, they don't want to change. They don't want to solve the problem. They just want the pastor to talk. But they won't change. They won't solve. Pastor, pastors have to know. You have to know the difference between those who want a solution and those who don't want a solution. Yes. You must have discernment. Say this one, this one, that as the, even though they have come, but they don't want a solution. Yes. They don't want a solution at all. They just want you to talk. Mm-hmm. Yes. You will soon be catching whales and sharks as part of your ministry. May you catch whales and sharks. There is no point in mourning over how small your ministry is. Go deeper and do more. And when you go deeper, you will catch whales. 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 Some of your future husbands and wives are waiting for you to come and witness to them. They are waiting for you. Yes. They are, wait, they are waiting for you. If you bring them to the church, they will come and choose you. Yes. They are waiting for you. They are waiting for someone to come and witness to them so, so that you will have a husband. Yes. Yes. People's, people's husbands, people's wives are still out there. Out there waiting for the hand that will tell them, Come, 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 just come, just come. Will you go? Will you go and find them? No, I'm asking you, will you go and find them? Will you go and reach out to them? Will you go into the deeper waters? They are in deeper waters. Deeper waters. They are in deeper waters. Somewhere deep. They are deeper waters. Yes. Waiting for you to come there where they are. A witness to them. You may not even know. But you are witnessing to your employer. Yes. The person will, will give you a major job. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you look in the church, you can see you've looked to your left, looked to your right, looking for you can't find your type. Yeah. 
can't see your type you can't find your type but your type is on earth all your type needs all your type needs is an invitation You are there telling us that your type is not in the church. <laughs> Forgive. <laughs> yes. Yes. When you look, when you look to your left, you look to your right. You look on Sundays. You look on Saturday. You look on Friday. You can't see your type. Yes. You look in the camp. You say, ah, this camp. There is nobody here. Yes. Instead of instead of catching fish which can fit into your pocket you will catch whales in which in which you can live i see you catching blue whales in your ministry imagine catching a blue whale can you imagine what that represents in the spirit imagine catching a blue whale for the lord listen to this the blue whale is the largest animal ever to have lived on earth. The blue whale weighs as much as 30 elephants and 3 lorries. The blue whale is as long as a 10 story building. The blue whale is as long as 60 seater buses together. The tongue of a blue whale can weigh as much as an elephant just his tongue yes the heart the heart of a blue whale is as big as a car the blue whale's heart will beat only two times in a minute only two how many times does a human heart beat in a minute 60-ish? What's the average? Who are the doctors? Hmm? Hey. What? 72. The blue whale is had beat twice. Boom. Boom. Even this, I'm sure I've done it too fast. Twice in the, twice in a minute. Boom. Boom. The heartbeat of a blue whale is so loud it can be heard two miles away the 
blood vessels of a blue whale are so big that a man can swim through them. Yes. Now the calf, the calf, the calf of a blue whale, that's the baby of a blue whale, is suckled in the water, drinking more than 600 liters of milk each day. The calf, the calf of a blue whale gains 90 kilograms every day in its first year. The, the penis of a blue whale is 10 feet long and 1 foot wide. Yes. His penis is 10 feet long. And one foot wide. Hmm. The the testes of a blue whale weighs eighty kilograms. Are you listening? The ejaculation of a blue whale produces several gallons per issue. Gallons. 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 So, you must go deeper into evangelism and missions by following the example and the teaching of Jesus Christ. The master sent his servants to invite as many friends as possible. Obviously, these friends were living in, a, in the beautiful suburbs of their cities. So then said unto him, this is Luke 14 verse 16, a certain man made a great supper and bade many. You see, you have to become, you have to become masters of organizing great suppers. It means that your evangelistic programs must be big. You must have big targets. Big targets. That's great supper. A certain man had a great supper. And Bateman, Bateman means invited a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people. So, for, for example, your evangelistic programs must be that one person, ten souls. Yes. Imagine what this world would be like. Where would they sit? But he says that he says that he made a great supper, not a small supper, a great supper. And to make it great, you invite many people, many people, many people. 
So, why are your great suppers? How often do you have a great supper? In your, in your, in your, um, what do you have? But in your fellowships. Yes, in your fellowships. How often do you have great suppers there? With targets. Invite many. You invite many. And it's a, it's a great event. And you invite many people. Not, not bring a soul. Not bring one person. Not bring one. This, no. Great supper. Great supper. When you arrive, when you arrive in a service, you know that yes, this is a great event. Anybody that you invite will be impressed. Because they don't know who the first timers are. They'll say, Oh, this church, this church is a great church. It's a great church. Imagine, imagine coming to church that you are forced to arrange the chairs all the way to this point. The chairs start from here. And then to create space, the choir is on stage. And the choir fills the stage. Fills this side of the stage and fills that side of the stage. That's a great event. In what country you said, no, this is my church. I'm not going anywhere because the church is a great church. It's a great church and a great place to be. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yes. A certain man made a great supper and invited many people. Many people. Many. 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 So you see that, that's why you stand in front of your shepherd and say, you say that each person you are bringing ten people. One member ten souls. One member ten souls. One member ten souls. That's, that's a great supper Sunday. Mm-hmm. Great supper Sunday. One, how many of you know ten people in your life? You know ten Yes. 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 So great supper. Great supper events. Great supper Sunday. Yes. One person ten souls. You don't have your ten souls, don't come. Find your ten souls before you come. Great Supper Sunday. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yes. I would like to see the picture. The pictures will be beautiful. Yes. I like to see the chair start from here. Start from here. Yeah, this is the first row. With a small gap in between for the pastor to be able to walk through and go and stand there and preach. Yes. Yeah. Great Supper Sunday. Choir has filled the, the stage. There's no room for anything else. Yes, you've come to a great supper Sunday. One member, ten souls. One member, ten souls. One member, ten souls. One member. That's the day you bring your father, you bring your mother, you bring your cousin, you bring your uncle, you bring your aunties. Yes. 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 You bring your ex-boyfriend. 
You bring your ex-girlfriend. Yes. So tell them they should come and see what the Lord has done in your life. They should come and see what the Lord has done. Yes. Mm. Well, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them, to say to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said, the first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city. That is, go deeper. Go deeper. Yes, go to the lanes and the streets. And bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the whole, the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the hedges and the highway. In other words, go even deeper. Yes. And compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Here we learn a lesson of going deeper in evangelism and missions. The master now sent his servants to the streets and lanes of the city. Even after going to the streets and lanes of the city, there was still room at the party. The master then sent his servants to the highways. Even after the highways, there was still room. The master now sent his servants to the hedges, the bushes, and the forests. By this story, Jesus teaches us to go further and further, deeper and deeper into the fields that are white unto the harvest. In your lifetime and my lifetime, are you here? We will never finish going into the mission fields. Do not think that you have finished anything. The world is too big for you to finish evangelizing and doing missions in your lifetime. We will be on this work till our very last breath. Yes. Great Supper Sunday. The main characteristic invite many. To invite many, you need to go further and further and you need to go deeper and deeper you need to start talking to people that you normally wouldn't talk to inviting people you normally wouldn't invite inviting people that you have never invited before never invited, never told your mother will be shocked that today you are asking her to come to church Yes, you will beg her and say that mommy just this Sunday, just this one please just this one if you like after this one, don't come again. Yes, just this one. Mommy, please come. Just this one. Yes. 
Are you interested in such things? Interested in evangelism. Going deeper in evangelism. Going further and further. Going deeper and deeper. One member, ten souls. Oh, what a beautiful day that would be. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful day. Raking in souls is always so satisfying. It's so satisfying that the souls are being raked in. So you see, you see a mighty harvest. A mighty harvest. Mighty harvest. Great supper. Invite many. Yes. Invite many. Invite a lot of people. Go deeper. You've been inviting people here, but you haven't, you haven't gone deeper in evangelism. You haven't gone deeper. You haven't gone further. That's the few people that you know. You know. You've invited them. Uh, they said they won't come. You are also still inviting them. Yes. Deeper. Great supper. Many. Great supper. Many. Great supper. Many. Yes. Mm. Next chapter. Go deeper. And build more. Okay. Go deeper and build more. Luke chapter 6 verse 47 It says that Whosoever cometh to me And heareth my sayings And doeth them I will show you to whom he is like He is like a man Which built a house And digged deep And laid The foundation on a rock And when the Flood arose and the stream Beat vehemently upon that house And could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without foundation built an house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the rain of that house was great. Bow your head and pray for yourself. For 30 seconds that God will anoint you to be a soul winner to win souls to be able to attract 10 people yes pray pray speak to God ask him for the anointing ask him for the spirit the spirit of evangelism that you be able to do the work of the evangelist the work of the evangelist that your ministry is meaningless meaningless until you start doing the work of the evangelist it's meaningless until you start doing the work of the evangelist yes pray 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 that there will be that there will be that day there will be that day where it will be like a great supper a great supper a great supper where souls are feeding souls are being saved 
Souls are being changed. Souls are being affected. There will be that day. There shall come that day. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, Jesus Christ was not an engineer, but he knew that he had to dig deep in order to build a solid and great building. Do you want to build something for God? Yes, you do. You want to build this church? Yes, you do. You want to build a great church that will last through the ages and through the centuries until Jesus returns for his people. So, the key here is that go deeper with a mighty foundation. You need a mighty foundation to build a lasting church and a lasting ministry. How many of you would like your grandchildren to be part of this church? That was your grandchildren, there'll be a church. And then your great-grandchildren. What about your great-great-grandchildren? Yes. So you need a mighty foundation. You need a mighty foundation for your children to be in the church. And for your grandchildren to be in the church. And for your great-grandchildren to be in the church. Yes. You need a mighty foundation mighty family. That's, that's what we just read earlier. For the building to last it must, you must dig deep. And not just dig deep. Dig deep and build on a rock. Yes, you don't build on water. You don't build on sand. You don't build, you don't build on foundations that can be blown away or can be moved away. You build on a rock. Are you listening to me carefully? So go deeper with a mighty foundation. Here we go. Go deeper so you can build something great for God. Tall, majestic structures are only possible by going deeper. So let us build a great church for God. Let us build a deep foundation of righteousness and biblical truths on which the great building of God has given us to build will stand. God, God has given us to build will stand. Are you here? You need a deep foundation of righteousness so that the building can stand. A deep foundation of righteousness. Don't mix, don't mix ministry with unrighteousness. It's not a good foundation. It doesn't last. You need a foundation of righteousness. Practice right things. Do right things. Don't build on lies and deception. And pride. Yes. You need the foundation of righteousness. 
The mighty foundation of salvation through the blood of Jesus and through the cross of Jesus Christ must never be belittled or sidelined. So salvation, salvation, the importance, the significance of the blood of Jesus and the cross of Christ. The cross, the cross of Christ must never disappear from the church. The message of the cross, teachings of the cross, teachings of the blood of Jesus must never disappear from the church. There are people who can go to a church for years, they never hear about the blood. They might hear about it briefly on on Good Friday. So they don't know about the blood because they've never been taught about the blood. They don't know about the cross because they've never been taught about the cross. But it is, it is the basis and the major foundation for our faith. The blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus. The cross of Jesus. The symbol of Christianity is the cross. Not a fish. Yes. It's a cross. That's a symbol of Christianity. It's a cross. It's a cross. Nothing else but a cross. The cross must be in the church. The cross must be in the church. If you, if you go to Korea, you know, you will see crosses, red crosses on church buildings. Red, glowing, lit up at night. You see lit up. You see the cross. It's like it's a church. We are a church. We stand for a church. Yes. Modern churches really don't have crosses there. We have lights. Yes, we have lights. We have lights that react to music. That means that the church is being modernized and secularized. Yes. Anywhere, anywhere I go with, I go with prophet. He's always, he's always pointing out to the pastor that I can't see a cross in your church. I can't see a cross. He's always saying, I can't see a cross in your church. I can't see a cross in your church. There's no cross in the church. There's no cross in the church. But you have, you have lights. Lights that respond to the music. foundation is the cross. Jesus said, if you will not take up your cross, you are not worthy of being called my disciple. In other words, you are disqualified. Cross. The absence of cross in your life is the absence of Christianity. So that is a basic but major foundation for your faith. The cross. The cross. 
and the meanings and the implications of the cross. When he says, take up your cross. The cross is a symbol of Christianity. The cross is a symbol of sacrifice. Yes. Because our faith is a faith of sacrifice. The cross is a symbol of death. That is where Jesus died. It means you have to die to the world. You have to die to certain things. You have to die to certain relationships. You have to die to certain desires and cravings. That is, that is the cross. Take the cross out and it's like you can serve God with this um, baggage. It's like I can come into the faith with all these. That's why we have, we have powerless, powerless Christians. Because you are in the faith but you still have the old baggage with you. Still doing other things and nobody talks, nobody says anything. It's like it's okay. It's, like, it's okay to be in the church and still have those things with you. some things. There are some things that are not meant for Christians. No no matter what who says. It's too too thin a line. It's too thin a line to walk on. Stand for what you believe in. Stand for it. Don't try, don't try, don't try. God doesn't need you to help him save a soul. He doesn't need you to look like an unbeliever and behave like an unbeliever and dress like an unbeliever and talk like an unbeliever for you to save a soul. God does not need you. The salvation comes from the power of the cross and the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't come. This session, don't come. Take the, take, the, take the cross out of the church. Take the message of the cross out of the church and see what the church becomes. That's why you see the church starts producing eunuchs. Castrated, castrated, castrated shepherds. Castrated pastors. Pastors, ministers with no power. No power because there's no cross. No price has been paid. They haven't died to anything. They haven't sacrificed to anything. So there is no power. There is no power. <laughs> no power to change. No power to transform. No power to do. There's no power. <laughs> because there's no cross. This all-important foundation has been taken out of the church. This all-important foundation has been taken out of the church. This all-important foundation is not, not talked about. Cross, the blood of Jesus and the cross. The blood of Jesus, the cross. The blood of Jesus. How he shed his blood to redeem us. Redemption. The word redemption. You don't hear of redemption. That we have been redeemed. We are redeemed by his blood. You are, not rede- you are not redeemed by the person who brought you to church. You are redeemed by the blood. He pe- redeemed is an old word for purchase, to buy. We have been bought by the blood. We were bought by the blood. Redemption, our salvation came through the blood. Yes. Through Jesus shedding his blood on the cross. Through Jesus carrying the cross. 
Where do you where do you take where do you take the cross to? When you have a cross, where do you take a cross to? To a club? To a party? If he also says that, take up your cross and follow me, where do you think he's telling you to go to? The cross is a symbol. Pain. Death. You also have to sacrifice some things. You also have to sacrifice some people. Why are you sitting in church so holy, so pure, so active, but you have, you have hidden relationships and hidden things? Is it, is it a wonder, therefore, that you can't do some things? You have been tried, encouraged, exalted, but you can't do because you have hidden, there are hidden things because you haven't taken up your cross. Yes. You haven't paid the price. The price that Jesus, he is expecting us to pay the price. That you two take up on your cross and die to the world. Die to your cravings. Die to your desires. But you, you have you, you want to have it and still be there. And have the same power. 50-50. And have the, you want to have the same power. You can't have the same power. You can't have the same miracles. You can't have the same testimonies. If you won't take up your cross, you've got to also take up your cross. Take up your cross and follow him. Take up your cross and follow him. Take up your cross and follow him. Yes. Take up your cross and follow him. You even see songs, songs that are made. Contemporary Christian music. You see, he has he has no cross in it. There's no cross business. He has no cross. He has other, it talks about other things. The, the comforts of life. The comforts. From no cross. The foundation of the cross. Is so you see, we can't build high. We can't build skyscrapers. Because there's no foundation to try it. Yes, there's no foundation. There's no foundation. There's no foundation to build on. Yes. Mm. Sit down, sit down. We are talking. Sit down. Yes. I'm not nervous if you are seated. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't disturb me. <laughs> the foundation of the cross. In the blood, it must not be taken away. It must become new, modernized, psychedelic Christian. Yes, yes, psychedelic Christians. Yes, so we don't we don't do certain things. You know, we don't hear certain things. But the deduction of that thing from the church makes the church a secularized place. Yes, secularized place. If you go to Korea, um, Dr. Cho's church, I mean, massive complex. Every hall, they have, I don't know how many halls, hundreds of halls on floors. Some of the floors are like 10 story, there's, I mean, buildings. Every hall has a cross in it. Wow. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's a, you're going, when you're actually walking there, I mean, because it's like they've done, they've done church to world cup level. 
It's an advanced church, advanced church with offices and things. If you even wonder what, what, what are they doing? They are doing church, and everything is related to church. Every room, there's a cross there. Every room. You see a wooden cross on the wall like that. Wooden cross. Yes. 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 I'm sure Pastor will put a cross here soon. Yes. I'm sure he put a cross here. Yes. Because <laughs> it is the symbol of Christianity. It is the symbol of Christianity. Though you come here, you see the cross, you remember. You remember who saved you. Yes, you remember who saved you and who died for you. You remember. When you see the cross, you see you see how you were saved. Mm-hmm. Cross. You must be lovers of the cross. Yes. So the mighty foundation of faithfulness and loyalty. The mighty foundation of evangelism and outreach. Yes, we'll come to it. We'll come back. <laughs> yes. Are you getting the mighty foundations? The might of evangelism. That you can't evangelize. You know, I should be able to call you. I should be able to call you put you up here and call her and put it up there and say that and say to you that witness to her yes witness to her with verses quote a verse and witness to her and when you finish I'll tell that she should also witness to you and see if we can witness yes using different verses to witness different verses different verses mm-hmm that's, that's your, that must be your foundation that you have, you have verses and you know verses to witness to different types of people I should be able to call you and say brother up there, I say sister up there, I say witness to her witness to her with, of course with, how, can, how else can you witness without scripture what is that are you thinking about yourself yes mighty foundations mighty mighty foundations as you will to call you they say to you that here I am an unbeliever you've met me in the cafe witness to me should I call you to come and witness to me I shouldn't call you okay. if you can't witness then learn how to witness Okay, if you cannot witness, then learn how to witness and practice it. Practice it among yourselves. Witnessing is different from invitation. Come to my church. 
My church is a nice church. It are two different things. Witnessing to someone and leading the person to Christ, making the person's call, making the person say the sinner's prayer. It's different from come to my church on Sunday. What if the person dies before Sunday? You're talking to the person on Tuesday, come to my church on Sunday, with hope that when the person comes to church on Sunday, the pastor will make an altar call. But what if the person dies on Wednesday? Or Thursday when the person dies? You were their last chance and last hope to give their lives to Christ. And you did nothing about it. You did nothing about it. You just said, they come to church on Sunday. And the person is not going to reach Sunday. The person is not going to get to Sunday. Yes. yes. A dear queen, a dear queen who passed away, the prime minister, the new prime minister met her on Tuesday. She welcomed her, approved of everything on Tuesday. Thursday she was dead. Imagine if the prime minister was supposed to have witnessed to her to give her life to Christ or something. I mean, of course, she's a Christian. I'm just giving you an example. In case that this, you've met an, this, you, are, you, are the, you are the last important person that maybe she will listen to and you didn't say anything. Thursday she was gone and she's gone forever. She's gone forever. So you see, when you meet people, it's not just it's not just about bring inviting to church on a Sunday. Salvation that this life must be saved. So you have to you have to now you have to now increase your weapons and enrich yourself in verses that you can use to witness and witness to people. Witness to people. Tell people about Jesus. Tell them. When you see them, tell them, give them the Christian message. Yes. Learn messages. Arm yourself. Arm yourself with messages that convert souls to Jesus. Arm yourself with it. That you'll be able to talk to someone for five minutes about Jesus. You tell them to give your life to Christ. They say, Would you like to give your life to Christ? You'll say yes, I would like to. They said, Buy your head with me. Let's pray. By the roadside. By the roadside. On a bus. In a cafe. In your lecture room, in your schools. Tell them, give your life. Not come to church. No, I really want you to see the difference. Not come to church on Sunday. Sunday, will you come? Okay, give me your number. I'll call you to come to church. No, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about invitation to church. I'm talking about witnessing and converting a soul by the roadside. Yes, by the roadside. Converting the soul. Not come and join dancing stars. Before you realize, unbelievers are dancing. Yes. Yes. Before you realize, unbelievers are dancing. Before we are dancing in church and the rapture happens. And then, the, and then half of the dancing stars are left here. Because they are not born again. God forbid. Because we don't ask the all important question are you born again? Are you saved? We don't ask that question. Don't ask that question. 
Say, come to church. Come and join us. Say, well, our church is very, we are very happy. We dance. But we want church is, is for conversion of souls. Souls must be converted. Souls must be saved. That is church. That is church. Are you hearing me? Yes. Is he why I want you to sit down so you can hear me? Yes. Come to my church. What if the person dies before them? Oh, okay, he doesn't die. What if you never see him again? And he doesn't come. Hmm. The Bible says, go into the world and preach the gospel. It doesn't say go into the world and invite. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. So when you are out there, you must be preaching the gospel. You must be preaching the gospel. You must be armed to preach the gospel. When you are out there on the street side, on the wayside, in your neighborhood, in your house, wherever you are, you must be preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. Don't, let's not become spaghetti Christians. So soft Christians. Airy, empty-headed Christians who can't preach the gospel. He says that, and he said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach. When you are out there, preach the gospel. You are supposed to be preaching the gospel. Not saying come to my church. Come and see, we have a group called Dancing Stars. You look, you look like somebody who knows how to dance. You like to dance. Preach the gospel. Everybody here under the sound of my voice must become a master preacher of the gospel. Yes. Yes. If you don't know how to preach, then buy yourself the book How to Preach Salvation and study messages. Just study. If you like, just study about three. Have three different types and arm yourself for the rest of your life. Anywhere you go, anybody you meet, it will apply. Select just some three simple ones. They say, I'm using these three to preach. Depending on who I meet, I know which one I'll use. Arm yourself with the ability to preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. That you, you, when you miss, you will be able to preach. So how to preach salvation will help you. It will help you to preach the gospel. To, to say what you have to say. To show you what to say. Very simple verses, simple messages. You just memo you have to memorize it. Because you can't tell the soul that wait, I'm coming. <laughs> Everything that you look, no. You have to memorize that's, that's, that's what I'm saying, just about three. So you just memorize about three verses. Just memorize three verses. 
three verses with little explanation. And then you say, will you like to give your... That's the, that's the, that's the real battle. Will you like to give your life to Christ? Will you like to give your life to Christ? Do you want to invite Jesus into your life? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to... You have to ask that question. Do you want to give your life to Christ? Yes, I want to give my life to Christ. Let's it by your head. And pray this prayer with me. Yes. Do you want to give your life to Christ? Not will you come. We have a program on Saturday. Will you come? No. Will you like to give your life to Christ? And look them straight in the eye. Don't look away. Don't look away. Don't buy your head. Will you like to give your life to Christ? Would you like to give your life to Christ? Straight into the Would you like to give your life to Christ? When you finish it, then you can say that Sunday come to church. Preach the gospel. We're all reading it. Preach the gospel. That's what he said. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Gospel is good news. Paul said, Paul said, he said, when I came unto you, I didn't talk about it. He said, first of all, first of all things, I told you how that Christ died for your sins. That's the gospel. That's the, that, the debt you can never pay. A million dollars cannot pay for it. The only thing that can wash away your sins and pay for that debt is the blood of Jesus. So he said, when I came to you, first of all, I told you how that Christ died for your sins. You know Paul. You know Paul. You know Paul. You know the Apostle Paul? Are you awake? He preached, he preached about love. In the same first Corinthians, he preached about love. Even today, we've read about gifts of the spirit. He preached about gifts of the spirit. He preached about baby Christians, strong Christians. He saw the issue. He preached about flea fornication. He preached about in Corinthians, he talked a lot about immorality. But he said that I delivered unto you first of all. Which I also that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. This must be your message. That's the gospel. That Christ died for our sins. We sinned and he died. He paid the price for us. You know the question you have to ask yourself what is the first thing that you say to the strangers? And to the friends that you meet, what is your first message? What is your first message? Paul is saying that he, first of all, he told them that Jesus died for their sins. What do you say? What do you say? What is your first message? I'm talking about mighty foundations. Mighty foundations. And I, I I want the foundation to sink in. That's why I want us to be calm and listen to it. So that the foundations will sink in. You know, these are the foundations I must have. Otherwise, you are building on air. You are building on wind. You are, you are building on something that slight problem. That's why you see slight issues. You see, Christians are, are giving up. Because they don't have foundations. 
They don't have foundations. Any crazy person just put something up on social media and then you feel about your church. You want to leave your church because you don't have a foundation. You don't have a foundation. Someone just comments whether the person is even saying or not. You don't even know. Just makes a comment. Social media, that's like, that is it. Hey, I'm leaving the church. I can't stay in the church anymore. Yes. Because you don't have a foundation. You don't, you don't know who you have believed and what you have believed in. You don't know who you have believed. The mighty foundation of teaching the word of God and sticking to the word of God must be deeply rooted in the church we are building. of teaching the word. Teach the word. Don't teach ideas. Don't teach it. Teach the word. Always have a verse. Yes. Teach the word. Shepherds, teach the word. Always have a verse that you are teaching. And then the mighty foundation of tithes and offerings yes. as the source of financing God's work. If you're a leader in the church, you must be a tither. You cannot not tithe and be a leader in the church. How can you be a leader in the church and be a thief? The Bible says that you have yeah, I mean, says that you have robbed God. Robbers. It said people who don't tithe and give offerings are, tithe, are robbers. The mighty foundation that God so loved that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. But have eternal life must never be set aside. Wauzi. Wazabanga. Going deeper with our foundations for the church will give rise to greater and better buildings. Now, listen to this bit carefully. The foundations of constructed buildings vary greatly according to what is being built. Okay. The principle is simple. The deeper and stronger the foundation, the greater and taller the building. The foundation of a single-story building it's about 200 millimeters. That's like 20 centimeters. The foundation of a two-story building is about 1.2 meters deep. You know two-story building? Ground one. Foundation of a three-story building is 1.5 meters deep. Then the foundation of the Empire State Building in New York is 16.7 meters deep. The Empire Building itself is 443 meters high. 
Do you know the Empire State Building in New York? I thought you'd say you'd be there. The foundation of the 61-story Salesforce Tower in San Francisco is 94.5 meters. And the tower itself is 362 meters high. Now, in 10 minutes, let's quickly go through this. The foundation of lay ministry. Yes. It is a foundation for our ministry in our church. I mean, we have more lay pastors than um, full time. Yes. More lay pastors. It's, it's a foundation that we have built on. Because you can't, you can't, God, God, God has given you a vision for 50 churches. You can't employ 50 people. As long as you employ people, you can't do anything else again. All these wonderful pastors that I'm blessed with to, to accompany me to Botswana. I mean, you imagine it if I was alone here. I mean, not like you are carnivores and you eat me up or anything, but but even you, it's it's nice to you, isn't it? That I have I have there are people who are with me, but they are they are all lay pastors. Yes, all lay pastors. I I do not have the foggiest idea of the price of their tickets. I don't know. Do you understand? It's not, it's not even a discussion. It's not even a discussion that I'm going to Botswana. Would you like to come? Yes, we would like to come. Okay, come. That's where the discussion ends. Yes, that's where the discussion ends. That's where the discussion ends. There. It starts there and it ends there. Oh, yes, by themselves. God has, ble- God has blessed them with jobs. And God will even give them nicer and better jobs. Yes. So that they can be free to serve God. It gives you, it gives you the freedom and the liberty to serve God. And to do more for God. To do more for Him. To more for God. Not that by now we are going to discuss tickets. So how many, how many are you? Now we have to count. How many are you? One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. Okay, let me start again. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten. Eight, ten people. Plus me, eleven. Eleven tickets. From England here. Before hotel rooms. How are we going to live? Who will pay for it? Before us, there's tension, there's stress. There's stress between us. Pressure. You're coming. You're going to bring pressure on the ministry. Pressure. But understand the lay ministry. That volunteers means more work will be done. 
volunteers it means more work will be done more work can be done you need more volunteers for more work to be done if you're going to expand have more branches have more churches then you will need volunteers you need laymen ordinary men ordinary men ordinary men to do the work of the ministry god bless you stand to your feet you must know about the lay ministry write it quickly number one the lay ministry will greatly enhance the work of church planting it will greatly enhance the work of church planting number two it is possible to combine secular work with the ministry. When you are able to do this combination, I'll tell you genuinely, you are a good pastor. And you, you really make a very good pastor if you are successful at combining secular work with the ministry work. That you close from work and you can go. I used to close from work and go on visitation. I met one of our bishops. He was telling someone that, hey, this man bishop, because he was in London then, now he's our bishop in Kenya. And he was, he was, tell, he was telling this other brother that, hey, I used to, when I closed from work, he said, when I closed from work, he hasn't closed from work by then. He said, I'll meet him and I'll go, I'll go to other things, to do other things with him related to his with work. All because I needed somebody to go on visitation with. So I'll patiently be with him. He should finish all his work when he finishes. I say, we're going on visitation. And we'll go and visit till late night before I'll go home and go work the following morning. So he was telling something that this man as a lay pastor, I'll move from my office to his office. So we're going on visitation. Let's go on visitation. 
Let's go in. Let's, let's do the work of If you can combine it, you will make a very good pastor. Three. The best New Testament example of a lay pastor is the Apostle Paul. And the best Old Testament example is the prophet Daniel. Daniel had three jobs. He was a member of parliament, Daniel 2.48. He was a second vice president, Daniel 5.29. And he was a prime minister, Daniel 6.1 and 2. And then number four, sometimes it is the will of God for you to be a volunteer. And sometimes the will of God for you to be in full-time ministry. Philippians 4.12. Number five, lay pastors and volunteers will become prominent in the last days. Paul's ministry still lives until today. You see in Acts chapter 18 and verse 3, he says that, and because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought for by their occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. So he, he was doing the same way. He was also a tent maker. So he'd be talking to them in the synagogues. Then number six. Paul practiced the lay ministry so that others will follow his good example. Acts 20 verse 32. In the contemporary English version, it says that, I now place you in God's care. Remember the messages about his great kindness. This message can help you and give you what belongs to you as God's people. I have never wanted anyone's money or clothes. You know how I have worked with my own hands to make a living for myself and my friends. This is Paul speaking. You see how I can, I can stand in front of you and tell you that I mean, I've worked. I, work, I used to work. I can work, yes. That's what he's saying here that I have worked with my own hands watch it my own hands. Full time ministry is not an alternate employment. It is a calling. It is a calling. Yes. It is a calling. That now give yourself holy. Give everything to God. It is a calling. If God has not called you, don't come. Because I don't know how you eat. Oh yes. That's why you start playing all sorts of gimmicks to take money from people. Because you need to survive. You need to survive. You need to live. So you need all sorts of games to collect money. Yes. If you have not been called, don't come. Go to work. Go to work and have a guaranteed 
or start your own business and come come for pastor to anoint you with oil for your own business come and be anointed for with oil so your business will prosper and flourish then you serve God on the side because it full time is it is a calling it is a calling if you come what will happen you you've come full time and then pandemic has come there's no church how will you eat how are you going to live or the members have said they won't give offerings again what are you going to do have you asked yourself pandemic there's no service and you say you are in full time ministry for two years there's lockdown you can't do anything how are you going to live what's the plan it is a calling then number seven lay pastors and volunteers can be just as fruitful as full time ministers Father bless your people strengthen your people encourage your people maybe be encouraged to do more for you to go deeper as volunteers Lord may they be fruitful let the anointing of fruitfulness come upon them as volunteers be blessed be blessed be blessed be blessed become fruitful become fruitful as volunteers receive the grace of fruitfulness receive the grace of fruitfulness receive the anointing to be fruitful as volunteers as volunteers be fruitful be fruitful be fruitful be fruitful receive the spirit of fruitfulness receive the power of fruitfulness as volunteers become fruitful matoli datasa be fruitful become fruitful become fruitful be fruitful be fruitful be fruitful be fruitful be fruitful be fruitful in the house in his house in the field in the vineyard be fruitful be fruitful a power of fruitfulness is coming on you is coming into you yes receive it receive it now receive it now receive it be fruitful be fruitful be fruitful receive it receive the power to be fruitful receive the power to be fruitful to be fruitful volunteers receive the power receive the power receive the power to be fruitful to be fruitful to be fruitful nala nati sota sasaya Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Yes. Yes. Power. Power. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Yes. Be blessed with fruitfulness. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Nakatasaya. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Yeah, 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 yeah
release the power. The ghost anointing. Natasha. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Yes. Fruitfulness. I pray for fruitfulness. Be fruitful. Be fruitful as volunteers. Be fruitful. Yes. 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 It's coming on you. It's on you. It's on you. Yes. I see it on you. I see it on you. I see it on you. I see the power on you. Fruitful. 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 Fruits. 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 Yes, fruits. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Yes, be fruitful. Yes, be fruitful. Be fruitful. Yes, be fruitful. Be fruitful. Yes, be fruitful. Receive it. Receive the power of fruitfulness. Receive power of fruitfulness. Receive an impartation. Receive an impartation tonight. Receive an impartation tonight. The power. Power to be fruitful. More fruits. More fruits. Yes. It comes. On you. On you. Receive it. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Yes. Be fruitful. Yes. 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 Fruitfulness. 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 Be fruitful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your power. Thank you. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your blessing. Lay your hands on your belly. Out of your belly shall flow rivers. 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 Power is flowing through you. Power is coming into you. Power is coming unto you. Power is coming into you. Power is coming into you. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. You shall be fruitful. You shall be fruitful. You will be fruitful. You will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. She will bear much fruit. Nasata Labatisa Saya. Sabosi. 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 Sabosi Kotasa.
Pastors, receive the anointing for fruitfulness. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Anasisatasaya. Anasimotisisasaya. Anasimotasisasasa. Anasimotasasasa. Anasimotasasasa. Yay. Yay. Change is coming. 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 You'll be fruitful. I prophesy. Receive the spirit of fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. I prophesy fruitfulness. I prophesy fruitfulness. I prophesy fruitfulness. You shall be fruitful. You shall be fruitful. You shall be fruitful. You will be fruitful. You are going to be fruitful. Thank you, Father. If you can, take your seats quietly. If you can, quietly, quietly. Yes. Yes. A change. A change. A change. A change. A change in the realm of the spirits. A change. A shift. A change. You are leaving this session a different man and a different person. You are leaving with mighty fruits. Mighty fruits. Abundance of fruits. Abundance of fruits. You are leaving with that grace and that anointing. Huge fruits. I see huge fruits. I see a lot of fruits hanging on coming out of you coming out of you coming out of you coming out of you receive that spirit receive it receive it now i see it i see fruits i see mighty fruits i see it on the front row here a grace and a power coming for mighty fruits yes mighty fruits receive it receive it receive it receive it receive it receive it i see mighty fruits hanging on people on the front row in the service fruits ah oh mighty fruits great fruits great fruits great fruits a lot of fruits Diverse kinds of fruits. Ah, there's a power here. There's a power here. There's a power here. There's a power here. Fruits. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. Yes. 
if you can't sit quietly quietly do it quietly if you can if you can you don't have to if you can't if you can't sit quietly yes hmm hmm fruits you'll be fruitful you'll be very fruitful mighty fruits the fruits are big they are big they are heavy and it's a lot yes you'll be fruitful you see it Father we thank you thank you for that blessing thank you for blessing us thank you for blessing us thank you that you are with us in Jesus name Amen Amazing 